Hello, everybody, and welcome to the In Squash Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and uh, this is episode 271 today, and I'm going to keep this intro short because there's so much to get into here with the recap of the World Open. RJ Mitchell joins me again, and he breaks it all down like only he can. Uh, so before we get into it, though, our tremendous sponsor, Open Squash, Ali Farag spoke about all the great things Open Squash is doing uh, to grow the game on the last podcast uh, that we did, at 269, I believe. And uh, Open Squash is leading by example in many ways in terms of growing the game. Uh, for anybody in and around New- the New York City area interested in looking at their membership plans, you better do so. It's a great opportunity to, uh, to get into some affordable memberships there. Check out the details on their website at opensquash.org. Now, in terms of that, Open Squash FIDI is now open for membership registration. Their irresistible offers will get you bouncing through the door to check out this brand new state-of-the-art facility, eight new courts, including a glass court for daily use, a squash-centric gym, and a full range of classes and clinics you have come to enjoy at their Bryant Park open, uh, facilities. Open Squash uh, FIDI promises to be their next sold-out squash center. Here's the deal. Sign up today, confirm your membership with your first monthly payment, and the first 100 players to sign up get two months free or get one month free if you sign up for FIDI before they open. So that's opensquash.org. Check it out at their website, www.opensquash.org. Now, oh, this was a fantastic chat with R.J. Mitchell recapping the world open. R.J., it's fantastic uh, to have you back on. I think the last time we were on, we talked uh, about the British uh, uh, lead up to the British Open, and we just uh, finished up with uh, the world champs. How are you doing anyways? And I really appreciate the... uh, you coming back on to flesh out what was an absolutely amazing World Open? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm uh, living every elderly squash player's dream with a, a hip nightmare, which uh, I've had about five diagnoses uh, for, um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, well, 32, 33 years of competitive squash. This is what you get for it, so it's happy days. Is that a hip, a hip issue? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got. I've. I had one resurface when I was forty-five, and uh, I've got early onset arthritis in the other one. But uh, the the quacks, the orth, uh, the osteopaths can't make up their mind whether it's a nerve issue or whether it's the fact that I, I need another resurface job. Um, so yes, uh, that's. It means that. I'm not. I'm not getting on to the squash coach court much, apart from some uh, coaching, which is really frustrating because we all love to hit a squash ball, don't we? <laughs> yeah, especially after watching these guys. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm. I've got a bit of a a wonky hip. It's not as bad as obviously uh, your what you're dealing with, but uh, you know, I just, I went out and I played uh, on Friday, and I just had in the back of my mind play like Kareem Abdul Goad. <laughs> oh my god it, it was, how do you do that <laughs> uh, well you don't <laughs> but, but uh, you know you can fool yourself it's sort of like tilting at windmills i guess uh, yeah. yeah 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 absolutely absolutely <laughs> but uh anyways man uh let, let's get into this um what a tremendous uh, event like i mentioned and so many stories to flesh out uh yep. but uh obviously the two uh, the two best out there are uh norel sherbini and ali farag 
let's start with uh, with Nor uh, and uh, you know now seven time world champion and uh, without question I mean from start to finish uh, she definitely looked like she had she she was going to win it right from the the start yeah uh, it looked like she stepped up a level from the British mm. um, uh, and bearing in mind that Gohar didn't really go away in the final this time uh, that she stuck at it uh, it was a more determined performance compared to the British where, I mean, she was broken by the end. So, I mean, you probably have to credit Rod Martin, her coach, for, uh, you know, getting her back there that she and she didn't fall apart. But El Sherbini, I mean, uh, listen, the guy I like to reference is Jonah Barrington. Um, and he says that uh, El Sherbini is the greatest female squash player to ever pick up a racket. And uh, certainly, I've been watching squash for, what, 30 years, and I've not seen anybody better. I mean, to to, to qualify this, um, I'm speaking to Sarah Fitzgerald uh, tomorrow night um, for a Squash Mad interview this week, and five-time world champion. And even after she retired, uh, and I must whisper this, um, and I can't, I can't reveal my, my source, she was beating Nicole David when Nicole David was world champion. So, you know, I mean, in, in competitive sport, there are peaks and troughs. Uh, and uh, But I think that, that kind of shows you, you know, Sherbini's now seven-time world champ. She's still behind Nicole David. But, you know, who's who's the greatest? Well, it's got to be Sherbini. And if Uncle Jonah says it's El Sherbini, then who the hell am I to argue with him? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I can't argue with, with you there. Uh, and uh, she played uh, from, like I mentioned, from start to finish, um, just a phenomenal squash. I, uh, in the pod with uh, Johnny Williams before the World Open, uh, my picks uh, before the event were uh, Sherbin, uh, sorry, uh, Gohar to win this one and uh, Ali. I picked Ali in that uh, before the event. But uh, but just uh, sort of, I just wanted to know, like, what is it about, about her game where she you know, she seemingly has Gohar's number. Uh, well, you know, Gohar seems to be able to, you know, she does well against Hamami. I think Hamami might uh, do well against Gohar. You know, it, it would be close. But, uh, and also Gohar leaves everyone else in the dust. So what what is it about, um, you know, playing uh, Gohar that, that sort of, uh, for Sherbini anyway, she's definitely uh, got her number. Uncertainty uncertainty mm-hmm. um so from having spoken to a number of the the top uh, female players the thing about sherbini is the hold the delay and then the options it's these three things now i don't want to disrespect nuran gohar she's a world number one she's a great squash player there's no doubt about that but she is and and, and this might seem a bizarre thing to say she is slightly one dimensional Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to Sherbini's game, there are so many layers. It's much more nuanced. She can hurt you in a, in a in a variety of ways. And for me, Gohar likes to set herself. I mean, you you see her regularly, almost driving her feet down. Now, if she drive, you know, to, to to set yourself, you have to have certainty. You you need to know where the ball's going. And Sherbini changes things about, changes the pace, changes the direction. And, and holds. So I think there's so many elements. For me, 
it's almost like uh, you know the the, the saying about opposites attract. Well, it's the ap- it's, it's the opposite. It's the opposite of that even because Sherbini is Gohar's nightmare. Because everything that's strong for Sherbini exposes the 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 lack of layers of nuance in Gohar's game. You know, I mean, at, at times you watched when you're watching him playing, Gohar is almost she looks like she's playing by numbers to me. You know, it's it's almost automaton. You know, um, so and and again, that, that that's unfair to a certain a certain respect. But you're asking me what I think the difference is and and why Sherbini has a number. Well, well, that's it. And I also think there's now and and Rod Martin disputed this when I I spoke to him after the British Open final. Um, I think there's a mental issue there, mm. especially with uh, El Sherbini in finals. Now, I, I put it to, to Rod that maybe there was an issue in finals, in major finals, the British, the Worlds. Um, and, and, and his argument was, well, you know, the British isn't what it was. Uh, and, uh, you know, she wins other majors like the US or talk or whatever. But uh, to me, th- th- there, are, there, are, there are problems. Like, there's scar tissue. Mm. Nurin Gohar has got scar tissue. You know, uh, the next time they're in a they're in a major final, who's your money on? Well, it, it's going to be Sherbini, isn't it? You know, uh, and 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 all the the stats are all there. You you cannot dispute what what the hard facts are. So um, yeah, uh, to me, what is it about Nurin uh, Sherbini's game that Gohar doesn't like? The answer is everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the reason I chose Gohar, and uh, I thought what I thought. I saw at the British, it didn't play out in the final, but I saw she was changing her game a bit. She was kind of slowing things down, pushing the ball a bit forward. Uh, It wasn't always one dimensional, but I think when she gets, you know, when push comes to shove, she goes into default mode. Fine. Yeah, absolutely. It it works against everyone else. uh, Aside from uh, maybe even Hamami, she's not so... Uh, successful with it but uh, yeah definitely uh, Sherbini uh, has her number but uh, yeah. let's talk I, I was yeah. just good I was yeah, just go, going to go. say go ahead yeah. I mean you you're a boxing fan well for me Nuran Gohar is the Deontay Wilder of women's squash she's always looking for the haymaker oh, yeah. she's always looking for the knockout blow you know I mean the, the power's awesome we know that and it's a it's a weapon of mass destruction from either wing but she doesn't have the hands. She doesn't have yeah. the soft hands, especially under pressure. And and that's the thing. Sherbini p- puts her in places she doesn't want to be, wh- where she's under pressure, and she has to have that feel, eh, that 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 subtlety of touch, and and she hasn't got it. And 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 that's where the cracks start appearing. And and Sherbini likes pace. Sherbini's not bothered about pace. And part of that is because she reads the game so well. You know, so she she seems to have have extra time on it. But you know, when you're constantly looking for the right hand haymaker, eh, you know, it leaves you vulnerable. Eh, and 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 that's what happens. You know, and and all the best to Deontay Wilder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I'd like to see him come back. I I hope he uh, with that that Saudi event coming up, uh, uh, he yeah. gets his uh, his chance. I'd love to. I'd love to see him fight Anthony Joshua. Uh, I, I think he beats Anthony Joshua. I think, I think he so put, I think he puts him in the box and says bye bye. You know, bye bye. Round one. Yep. <laughs> Let's get ready to rumble.
Absolutely, yeah. Uh, now, just uh, uh, that was great insight there on Gohar, and I, I couldn't agree more. I, I hope that she can make inroads with uh, you know her short game and and a bit more sure. touch up there, and that's something uh, that obviously uh, you know her team uh, needs to look at uh, going forward to win these matches against uh, you know in the finals here, anyways, when she gets there. Now, uh, just in terms of the semifinal, that was that was I mean that again, Hamami and Gohar box office stuff. Uh, yep. Hamami had that lead in the fifth, and it was the just seemed to be the physicality of Gohar, which uh, which turned it. You know, she's received uh, some criticism uh, for a bit of argy bargy there uh, yep. during the match. Did you think it was over the top, or uh, was it Gohar's sort of? I guess you could call it her fighting spirit and the intensity of the rivalry, maybe that brought that out of her, and you know, all the power to her for for doing it. Hey. Well, I, if I answer that, it's going to sound like uh, I've got it in for Nuran Goha. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, um, well, my honest thoughts are, I, I think she, I think she likes to leave it in there. Um, you know, I, 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 I don't think it's all innocence and accident. Um, you know, I mean, there's needle between them. Let's face it, you can see it. The atmosphere crackles when the two get on court. And yeah. that's fantastic. That's what we want. You, we want ding, 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 ding. Absolutely. You know. Hamami brings that. I love her feisty. Uh, I, lo I love her aggression. I, I like her fighting spirit. I mean, when she won that, was it the fourth game after she won that, the fourth game and the way yeah. she reacted? I mean, that was, that was amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. Everybody well, in there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, you know, we shouldn't, or I, well, anybody, me, anybody, whoever, shouldn't really criticise Nuran Gohar when you're, you're talking about that much up with the uh, Hamami, because, listen, that's what we're talking about, because we were entertained, we were enthralled, it was box office, it was absolutely epic. I mean, what, what a match that was. That was more than good enough to have been the final, you know. I mean, that, that that was a better final, arguably, than the one we got, you know. I mean, I would go so far as to say that is the best women's match on tour this year, this mm. season. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's many arguments on that, to be honest. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, every time they play, it, it plays out like that. But it just seems to they go from in terms of qual uh, quality of entertainment from strength to strength to strength. I mean, what's going to happen next time? Uh... Oh, God knows. God knows. God yeah. knows. We've had, we, I mean, we've just about had everything, haven't we? The only thing we haven't had is somebody getting chopped on the head or somebody's racket hand getting pulled. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to get into that in, hey. in a little bit, RJ. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> but uh, you know who else uh, was, I mean, unfortunate for Gohar losing there in the, again in the final, but a, a tremendous yep. performance, uh, uh, as we mentioned, by Sherbini. But uh I was really impressed up until her match against uh, Gohar. I was really, really impressed with, with Norel Taya in her first few rounds. I mean, she looked, I really thought like she looked very, very good. Uh, but then, then obviously it, it was taken to another level, but uh, no, she looked good in the, in those tough, they were tough first, second round, uh, third round matches that she had. Yeah. She, she's done extraordinarily well to come back. And, and bearing in mind, never mind returning to the tour after motherhood, but there's been injury. And and then, obviously, motherhood just doesn't go away once the baby arrives, you know? Uh, yeah. uh, so, I mean, it's extraordinary what she's done to, to get back to that level. Um, but you know what? She's, the, the go-hard power just proved too much. I also thought, and you, you often find this with, uh, with athletes in, in all sports, when they're on the comeback, 
that, that, that there can be a game because they aren't totally battle hardened. It's, it's just beyond them physically, and that looked like the case with Goha. And I would say with the uh, Karim Abdel Gawad, uh, the British Open, uh, you know, too many five sets. The body's not battle hardened. It's happened to him a couple of times as well. So there's always going to be that. The big question for Nurel Tayeb is, can she stay fit? Can she can she play tournament after tournament successively now? If she can, then um um in terms of ability, in terms of attitude, in terms of hunger, she can close that gap on these three and, and you know there there could be major finals for her. But she's a real banana skin for, for those top players. When she's playing the way she can play and when she's hitting shots, she hits she she goes for winners and, and makes them, I think, better than any any of the top three, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the black, the black widow's lethal. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, now, um, uh, other stories of note, I, I would say, just on the women's side, is, is uh, you know, I hate to say it, but it's uh, the big three, and then, you know, then there's everyone else below them. Uh, yep. There's a huge gap there, uh, in my well, estimation. I mean, you know, people like uh, Amanda and. Uh, Joel and uh, you know Nora's obviously there, and you've got some good young talent coming through, but uh, there there's a, a separation. Yeah, well, I, I think that's slightly unfair on Amanda Sobey. Yeah. Uh, bear in mind, Amanda Sobey did beat Hanya uh, uh, at the British. Hanya was a defending champion. That was a big, big win for her. Uh, and and ultimately she she just didn't quite have an, have enough to to back it up uh, in in the in the semis. But uh, I think if anyone is closing that gap or are doing their absolute everything to close that gap, it's Amanda Sobey. I mean, if you look at her physically, her body shape has changed. Mm. I mean, there are knots of muscle in her back. I mean, she yeah. is working hard in that gym. I, I remember speaking to her in the past and we, we had a bit of a joke about, I think uh, there's some drink in America, is it White Claw or something like that? White Claw, I'm not sure, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that came out and she might have been partial to that at some point, but geez, she now looks the the battle-hardened, 100% dedicated pro who's squeezing absolutely everything out of what she's got. And bearing in mind, she's had a horror Achilles injury, as has Joel King. But the difference is, Sobey's that bit younger than Joel King. I mean, Joel King's having a good season. She's remarkably uh, consistent, but I don't think there's any more. You know, that that whereas with Amanda Sobey, I think there's maybe another 10%. Uh, I mean, where she falls down perhaps is uh, there's a, a slight lack of uh, dynamicism with her movement. Mm. Um, and and uh, does she lack a little bit of firepower? Possibly. Uh, but you know what? She's a lefty as well. And, and uh, what was very interesting when she played Hanya at the British was Hanya went down the backhand wall, which was Sobey's forehand. And Amanda Sobey told me when I spoke to her afterwards that, you know, if they want to stick it down that forehand wall, she's happy there all night long, you know. Um, so I, I, I would say that's a little bit unfair on, on Amanda. But, uh, you know, when you're talking about this generation of women being led by the greatest female player of all time, well, it's a big, big ask, isn't it? I mean, it's a bizarre statement to say that the greatest female player of all time, the current 
world and British Open champion is the number two ranked player in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, uh, hope, probably not for very much longer. I don't think. No, no, no. going to change soon. But no, uh, I think you're right there. I mean, An Amanda's. Uh, I mean, she's got a skill set too. I mean, yep. uh, she's got great hands. Her movement, as you said, uh, you know, she she pushes forward with that volley on both sides. And uh, she catches pretty much everybody uh, with that. If that ball's left loose, she, yep. she hits that little cut short with a very short backswing and uh, puts it away uh, almost every time. So, yeah, hopefully she can continue, uh, you know, with the, you know, the strength and improvement in her fitness and, and movement uh, because, yeah, you're, you're, you're right on there. Let's move on to uh, the men's side now. Uh, Ali Farag, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I hate to, you know, pat myself on the back again, but I did pick him uh, on the pod uh, several, uh, maybe a couple of weeks before the event started. I just felt he looked so good at the British. And, uh, you know, that win really gave him, I think it gave him a lot of confidence uh, heading in. And, and uh, you know, Ali's so understated, right, when you talk to him. And basically, uh, he just played this event so well from start to finish. Uh, looks so good. Um, just talk about, uh, before we get into the specifics, uh, RJ, talk about the greatness of Ali, because he, uh, as I said, he's so understated when, when he's interviewed. And, uh, you yeah, know, having yeah. won three on the trot, three World Opens, four yeah, now yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. during his tenure as a pro. Yeah. Well, the best way to quantify where Ali Farag is uh, now is that he is the fourth member of Squash's greatest, unique, exclusive club. And the other three members of that club are Jeff Hunt, Jan Khan, and Jahangir Khan, the only men to hold world and British championships in the same year. Right. On. Ali Farag has just joined them in that. Now, he's won four world opens. That ties him with uh, Amir Shabana. Uh, fantastic. The first ever Egyptian to win uh, the World Open, become world champion, world number one. But to be in the same company as Hunt and the two cans, that says it all. We, yeah. need, we need to start looking at Ali Farag in a different way, from a different angle now. He's gone past El Shorbagi. He's gone past your Gautiers. He's gone past all of these guys. Now. He's gone past Nick Matthew. A, a, a great match player. He's gone past Rami Ashur. None of these guys did what Ali Farag has just done this year. And he's done it on the back of a career-threatening injury. And he won the British Open while observing Ramadan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nuts. It's absolute nuts. I mean, and, and the man, because you hit the nail, Jerry. You, you hit the nail on the hand. Uh, amigo, when you said that he's understated and that's the problem, that's why he doesn't get the credit for what he's doing, you know, because he's such a, a self-depreciating fellow. Um, such a good guy, such a nice guy. I mean, I just well, to him. I just had him on the podcast and he was interviewing me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a, a very, very intelligent man, you know. I, I, I hope your chat was better than it is today, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I tried, but uh, yeah. well, Jonah Jonah Barrington refers to him as nature's gentleman, you know, mm. and, and 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 that says it all because that's what he is. He's a class act. Uh, Jonah also compared him uh, with one of uh, his seventies uh, opponents. Um, God, I think Gogi Aladdin uh, in mm. terms of him um, weaving a web. 
Um, yeah. and, and that's what he's so good at. He's so good at, and now that his movements back, it's very hard to hurt him. I mean, the game, the game that I was worried about for Ali Farag, the the match on the way through was the Paul Call game, because yeah. obviously a year passed in April, Paul Call totally dismantled him, and that was an Ali Farag that hadn't had injury problems and all the all the rest of it. But it, it's amazing. Well, I was going to say, like before, like there are uh, several spe- several people that I speak to regularly, and they know their squash. I won't give up their names, but they were absolutely certain that Cole was going to win that match. And uh, then he, then Ali went out and made it look so easy. I wouldn't yep. say so easy, but made it look yep. easy, and then yep, made it yep. look even easier, uh, pretty much with every match uh, after that. Yeah. Well, what what that. When when Ali lost to Paul Cole in the British Open in 2022, he looked like he'd run out of ideas. He looked like he didn't know how to hurt Cole. Every time he had him under pressure to the front of the court, Cole put the ball up in the air. Ali wasn't the best in terms of his overheads. Uh, he tended to go short. It sat up, Cole would drop. And, and Cole looked like, well, this looked like the age of Cole's dominance. But, geez, it's all going horribly wrong there. Now, flip that coin. It's the opposite. Ali has got much better. When the lob goes up, he sticks it back. It, yeah. You know, he doesn't try too much. He sticks it. He uses height against height. All right, let's reset and go again. And Ali's be- game, basic game is better than Paul Calls. Yeah. You know, that's the bottom line. Um, and, and he is a smarter squash player. And that's the key. Ali is a smarter squash player than every one of his rivals out there. That's well, the bottom surprised. line. I mean, I was surprised. Obviously, everyone knows Ali's, you know, very cerebral in his approach to the game. And he was going to adjust. There was no question. Adjust to Cole. Uh, I was surprised Cole just sort of went with the same game plan uh, in that. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think, Jerry, there are questions there for Paul Cole's coach, Rob Owen. A answer, you know, what I mean, yeah. questions that Paul Cole's probably asking Rob Owen, and knowing Rob Owen, I'm sure he won't be short of a few words when it comes to the answer. <laughs> uh, well, one thing I noticed, and I, and uh, sort of people that I speak to are talking about is just how big Paul Cole is. I mean, he's a he's a big guy. He's bigger than he's ever his bit. His legs are huge. I mean, he's even big upper body, and he got he was the one who he could barely get off the court there. Yeah, After yeah, four yeah. games, uh, well, uh, I mean, to Jerry, to go back to boxing again, uh, in the UK we had a heavyweight once upon a time called Frank Bruno, and and when he walked on, yeah, well, he, he looked like a, a a black Schwarzenegger, didn't he? Yeah. But you know what? He was muscle bound, and 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 carrying all that muscle, these slams of muscle, that that's harder work than it has been fat like me. You know, so it's 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 asking a lot, especially in a dynamic sport like squash, where movement is king. You know, so so has he gone slightly too far in that direction? Don't know. Is there are there adjustments to be made in his training? Don't know. But you're absolutely right. A uh, Paul Cole in a variety of matches, uh, not just in the worlds, but if you if you go back to the British and before that. You know, you've been looking at him and thinking, well, Paul Cole can stay out there forever. You know, nobody can break him and all the rest. But I don't think that's the case anymore. And I think the other guys think they can hurt him. You know, 
they yeah. can expose him. And I, and I'm wondering, has he lost a little bit of sharpness and speed? Has is there half a yard gone there? In terms of when he's getting to the ball, how quickly he's getting to the ball, how how well he pushes up, I I don't know. I'm not in court with him. But listen, I'm speaking to Ali Farag on Tuesday, and you can bet I'm going to ask him these questions. Absolutely, and uh, I'm pretty sure he'll he'll shy away from uh, from giving you an honest uh, response. Uh, well, on, on your record, maybe, maybe you maybe you know how to uh, ask the question better than I would. <laughs> well, well, I, I'll just talk to Hope. I can uh, weave a web around them. That's it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, now, uh, someone else I want to talk to, obviously, the final. I mean, Ali, congratulations to him. Uh, great stuff. But Kareem Abdul-Gawad, as, as I mentioned when I went to play squash the other day, I tried to envision uh, myself uh, being uh, playing like him. Uh, he's been nothing less than inspiring and superb uh, on court since uh, his Optasia win. And he played... Uh, he played uh, the best squash to watch to watch in in my opinion in this event and in the uh, previous event i mean he got through solomon steinman marwan uh, el shabagi diego mohammed el shabagi and then put on a, a great performance against ali in the final uh i've got to argue with you there jerry i think you've been disrespectful you've been disrespectful to the squash falcon well, 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 I'm going to get to him in a second. Well, don't worry, I hope don't so. worry about that. Yeah, no, no, I no, hope no. so, my man. I hope Absolutely. so. I hope Absolutely. so. Because uh, he is the man for me that's playing the most exhilarating and entertaining and quixotic squash on the circuit. But let's go back to Gawad. In terms of feeling yeah, yeah, I, mean, I mean, 100%. Uh, I, I just, in terms of the silky, the, the silky smooth way that... that uh, um, uh, Gawad plays, but I, I electrifying stuff from Mason. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. that in a second. Yeah, of course we will, and I can't wait to chew over these bones. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Gawad, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I mean, all all that was missing was the fairy tale end, wasn't it? And yeah. and and it it was tragic in a way. You know, he went over in his ankle in the third uh, set, third game, and uh, it was. Uh, let's hope it's nothing serious and that he's okay. You know, mm. uh, because yeah. it looked a bad one. I mean, he finished on one leg, let's face it. But yeah. he had his chance in that first game. He had right. it in his back pocket and Ali pickpocketed him, you know. And from then, there was only one winner. And again, much like in the British, did he run out of gas like he did a bit against uh, the Squash Falcon? Well, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, and when it comes to smooth as silk, I mean, nobody plays like Gawad. Mm. Uh, and it, it's a joke. A joy to watch. He plays squash from another planet with a. It has a different dimension on it. You watch him like like Mason Hesham. He's just different to everybody else, mm -hmm. you know. And and clearly with these two back to back huge wins for against El Shorbagi, who's had him in his back pocket now for a number of years since his great year 2016-17. He's been in Shorbagi's back pocket, squeaking to get out. Let me out! Let me out! <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so that not much of an Egyptian accent there on that one. Um, so, yeah, it's a joy to see him. It's a fairy tale story, you know, the feel good factor. Good. I mean, you you live in America, you know. I'm sure a Hollywood director should be looking to tell that story, you know. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, as I was saying, I I went out on court uh, on Friday, and the one thing that 
you know, there's obviously, you know, we're not going to move like him. We're not going to hit winners like him. But the one thing that I, I really tried to implement, which I love when, what he does, he, he kind of, when he's in the front court, he drags because he, you know, he, he has that nice hold. He drags yeah, yeah. forward and then he somehow gets his racket behind the ball and pushes it back into the di- back deep. And, and he yep. does it in such a way like the, it's almost impossible to hit that shot because I, yeah, I've tried should. it a few times. But it, it, um, it's a great uh, – I, I love that, that part of his game where it's just so – he hits the right shots all the time, it just seems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, listen, he's an absolute joy. It's great to see him back. And and I'm sure that if, if, if that ankle's okay, I'm sure, you know, when it comes to the World Series finals, uh, which I would imagine he will qualify for, uh, he's got to be very, very dangerous. I mean, he, he's got another major title in him if he stays fit. There's no doubt about it. But that's the big if, isn't it? If he stays fit. Well, his previous injury issues with his foot, could that come back? You don't know. So there's question marks over Galad, but Great to have him back, and, and long may he, he continue to prosper and flourish because his return's good for squash. Yep, couldn't agree more. Uh, now, just in terms of uh, let, let's t- uh, before we get to Mezzan, uh, Diego Elias. Um, let me just say this: a bit disappointing since he took over number one, and uh, also uh, during this event, I'm, uh, I could be wrong here, but apparently there's a bit of a rift between. Uh, uh, his coach uh, El Hendy and him. So uh, discipline wow. is discipline is a soft skill that that I think all the games great, you know, they have had. And uh, for Diego, that fundamental, I'm not sure, but it just seems to be missing. Um, what's your take? Uh, what's your? T- I mean, he's still number one though. So uh, well, he's number. He's Jerry. He's number one, but he's not number one. It's a bit like go hard in the women's game. Yeah, Diego Elias is not the best squash player on the planet. No way. Absolutely no way. And the evidence is all there. And he's not even the second best squash player on the yeah. planet. Um, now, you, you're talking about your, your informants there whispering in your ears. I wonder who they were. Uh, well, there's been, you know, there's been these stories, these suggestions that, he, he you know, that he's not the most disciplined, as you've alluded to. And, and I know from speaking to other coaches that they, in the past, certainly going back a couple of years, that they always believed that their men or man could get him, uh, you know, and, and the fitness stakes. Obviously, he's improved that. Um, you know, I, I think he's just short. I think he's just short. And uh, I, I think, you know, people go on about him, you know, his movement, he's graceful, you know, uh, sedate almost. Um, I, I think he, he lacks a big weapon. Uh, and, and I think mentally... He's definitely short, and if if what you're being told is is the truth, and uh, uh, and and who am I to dispute it? And have I heard? Oh, yeah, some I mean, my appeals? sources are are my sources. I don't want to reveal them, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, apparently, like during during the the World Open, there was a bit of a you know he walked away from El Hindi after one of the matches. I didn't see that, but uh, right, right. Wow. there, yeah. Well, you know uh, that that's a shame, isn't it? You know because. I, I mean, I, if I was him, I'd be saying to myself, well, I've got to number one, but I've not won a major. Mm. So 
I, I, for me, that would give you even more determination because you still need to prove yourself. Imagine being world number one and you've not won a major because people like you and me are sitting picking over the bones of it and going, well, you aren't, you aren't really a legitimate number one because you haven't won a British, you haven't won a world. Yeah. You know, and and the big titles you've beaten, where or you've won, well, Ali Farag's not been about. You know, he's he's not been fit. You know, a uh, Asal, well, he's been banned. You know, a uh, El Shabagi, not quite at his best. So, you know, who have you beaten to be number one? And and that you know, that's a hypercritical question, but it's one that has an element of accuracy to to it. And until he goes out there and wins a world championship, wins a British Open. That question mark remains. Yeah, I mean, I must, I must sort of, I, I should say that uh, I'm not sure how accurate uh, those uh, those rumors are. But uh, I mean, after what before he got to world number one, leading up to that, it looked like he had dispelled those rumors about his fitness. Like he looked, he looked fit and he looked focused. And then once he got there, uh, that all changed, especially after those, uh, you know, the. the the images of him on the private jet and well, you know, the, the uh, wine. I mean, great. Yeah, yeah. They can celebrate, but uh, yeah. Well, well, but again, that Jerry, that comes back to me, right? Okay, you're number one, uh, but you know what? You get bombed at the British Open. You didn't win the British Open, so really, I mean, it's a great thing, you know, for your career to be world number one. But again, you still didn't win that major, you know. And yet, there's the pictures of them. Uh, was Jonathan Power in his pyjamas or his, his dressing gown or whatever it was. I don't know. Um, and, uh, you know, on top of the Eiffel Tower, were they? What, wherever it was, you know, vive la France. Uh, I was expecting the ghost of Napoleon Bonaparte to materialise in the background there, you know. But uh, I, I just, you know, that, that it just comes back to that, doesn't it? You yeah, know, Gaultier was there, though, right? What's that, sorry? I said Gaultier was there amongst them. Uh, he's, absolutely, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Napoleon. The, the general, yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, yeah, there's questions to answer for me, questions to answer for me. Yeah, 100%. Um, now, uh, obviously, we're going to get to this. The elephant in the room uh, for the PSA, uh, anyways, is uh, without question uh, Mustafa Asal and what went down there. Unbelievable uh, what transpired. Um, the video that came out just minutes prior to the to the um, to the semifinal uh, that I mean, that should have been dealt with during the match uh, itself, obviously, uh, you know, and I'd like to know, you know, what did uh, you know, what did Mezen say? Well, Jason Foster was officiating right that, that match, I, I think. Yeah. Uh, so uh, did, did he like during the when all that went down, did, did Mezen say to him he grabbed my arm? Right. And, and how how were they not able to obviously the, the cameras aren't what they should be, but well, that's I, dealt with then. Yeah. And then, um, you know, obviously, Mason, he would have made a point of letting him know, uh, letting Jason know what happened. And then they then he would have told the PSA afterwards. That's what happened. So uh, and to me, uh, obviously, horrible what what uh, us all did there. Uh, I don't know, but the the Joel that that looked sort of incidental with with him hitting hitting Joel on the head with the racket. I don't know if that was uh, intentional or not. Maybe some. I think some people do think it was intentional. Uh, however, a serious misstep by Assal, and I think you know only his staunchest uh, supporters are still out there defending him now. So, uh, what's your take on everything uh, that went down there? Well, 
as you know, Jerry, I've defended them in the past. Mm. Uh, you know, um, but there's irrefutable proof now uh, that you know he's at it. Uh, in policing in Scotland, we have a thing called the Muroff Doctrine, and that is when a crime is perpetrated in the same fashion again and again and again. And guess what? That's where we are with Mustafa Sal, and now we've got the video evidence. Now, the, the big problem, I think, from the PSA, and I reviewed the interview that Joey Barrington from Squash TV did uh, with Lee Drew, the, the head of referees, and, and I think the problem was that the, the pause on the camera angle that showed him grabbing Mason's arm, that wasn't available for the, the video referee at time. So I, I might be wrong. I've listened to that interview a couple of times, and that's what it sounded like, that they didn't have a, a, a access to the slow motion or whether they had the time for you know to review the slow motion. But this this almost leads us to the don't, vast... Don't you, think, don't you think under those circumstances when... I don't know, Mazin must, must have said something to Jason, like, he grabbed my arm. If that's the case, they, they've got to slow it down. Right. Well, you would think so, and uh, I am very much hoping that Mason's going to spot speak to me. We we had a dialogue yesterday, and he's considering uh, whether he's going to talk with me. Uh, and I, I hope the Falcon will uh, will come clean because the, the the thing is that that video now demands that either Joe Macon or Mason Hesham comes out and says something. I mean, it's a matter of credibility now. It's ludicrous. The proof the, the, This is not in dispute. And I I, I, I disagree with you about the uh, the chop on the head uh, on Joe Meakin. For me, there was a double action there. The racket went back, the racket came, and then there was... Uh, I, I think I think he meant that. I think yeah. he meant that. I definitely do. So there's, there's, there's big questions to answer, and we need to know what Joel Macon and Mason Hesham have got to say, and they've got a right to say it. Yeah, they've absolutely. got a right to say it. I mean, you know, in 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 Scotland, and uh, that that the uh, the chop on the head that's an assault. You know, that's yeah. something you can get the jail for. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, and and with with the, I mean, there's gamesmanship. We all know that, but that the, the grab of the racket handle. You know, uh, uh, I mean, dear dear. What was he so, thinking? What was he thinking? Uh, I, well, I, I think, I think that, but that's sort of got carried. Obviously, got carried away, right? Well, I think you've you've answered that. You've hit the nail on the head again, Jerry. He wasn't thinking. He doesn't think. He does. In the heat of the moment, he just does. And and you know, I've heard people saying that he was a, a nightmare as a junior. He was an absolute nightmare to deal that's with as a Rodney junior. Martin was saying, uh, you know, he's he's seen it up close for a long time. Yeah, yeah. He, he was very very harsh, and at the time. I just thought, you know, why is he so? Why is he so critical and why adamant that this kid is like this? But, you know, it turns out that yeah. Uh, well, he's been doing it for a number of years, hasn't he? And he's been yeah. getting away with it. And but now, now he's got. They've got him. They've absolutely got him. And he, listen, he can come out and see what he, he he wants. But you know what? You would you, you if he if he denied that, you'd be laughing at him. You'd be saying, "Oh, come on, mate. You know, we've just watched it. Come on, it's the evidence in your eyes." So what we need to know is what Mason Hesham thinks and what Joe Macon thinks, you know. Um, but uh, it, it's, it's not good. And I, I, I don't know how Mustafa Asal can defend himself from, in this respect. Don't know how he can do the it. Only, the, only, uh, the, the PSA stitched themselves a little bit because now 
the way he'll defend himself is the this conspiracy theory, right? They're going to say that's bullshit, isn't it? It's well, bullshit. Well, what, yeah, it is. But 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 you know, people are going to say, why wouldn't? Why did they put that video out like minutes before the that match against Ali? And he was dead in the water. There was no way he was going to be able to perform knowing that it was out. But to me, anyways, it doesn't matter. He did it. Well, he created it. Yeah. He's the he's the author of his own demise. Um, so what what we need to be doing now is we need to take this on to the next stage, which is how we bring that video angle and that slow-mo into play to ensure that these things get dealt with in lifetime, which is what you, you mentioned there. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, in football, th there's a lot of uh, grumbling about uh, VAR, the video-assisted referee. They've got it in rugby union as well. But, you know... We need that now in squash. We need that facility. And, you know, what needs to happen is that... You, uh, and, of course, squash has is, is played at such a fast pace. There's no real breaks in point. You know, even in tennis, you, you know, you, things can get slowed and reviewed and all the rest of it. Squash is difficult. But when, when whether there needs to be a third official at these big tournaments on that video angle, just dedicated to watching what's going on so that he can flag to the video referee, the main video referee, right, we've got a problem here. We need to stop play. This needs to be reviewed. There's, there's foul play here. I don't know. And 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 you know what? They've, they've got questions to answer on how they're going to deal with that. Uh, but, you know, he got banned for dangerous play that dated back to the Egyptian Open in September and the, the 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 first instant with Joe Meekin, that's dangerous play. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Mason Hesham, not dangerous play. That's foul play. Joe Meekin, dangerous play. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd like to, obviously, I was surprised that, uh, I mean, Mezen did a good job of keeping his cool. He did, he I did. mean, uh, he at the time I thought, what's Jesus? He's lost his temper there. Uh, why is he going? So he, he went yeah. ballistic. But now we understand why he did. And yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people would have just stopped and maybe gone up and and uh, confronted. I know, but maybe I might have uh, if I were in that situation. Yeah, caught my racket and gone gotten into his face and said, yeah. "What are you doing?" You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that is that really what you would have said, Jerry? <laughs> I, I, I would have been, yeah, the, the referee might have had to had to have uh, come on court and separate a hockey fight there. Good Canadian hockey fight, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I was surprised that you know, in hindsight, how well he sort of kept his composure, uh, not not confronting uh, Assault at that point. Yep. Yeah, no, he did. He did well. Unfortunately, the 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 I mean, he should have play... been in. He should have. He should have been uh, playing uh, Ali. In, in yeah, the... he should have. Yeah, yeah. There, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a sore one for Mason. But uh, as I say, you know, we 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 need to speak to him. He needs to speak. We we need to know what he's thinking on this. You know, um, well, he's done and... that previously too when he's played uh, assault, where he's gone ballistic. So. That's happened yeah. before. Absolutely, absolutely. I think this is the first time we've really seen definitive evidence of the dark arts that, that Mustafa Sal employs, <laughs> that people have been going on about and that are so hard for us as viewers or even spectators to see. But this time, that angle has, has brought it all into play, you know? Mm. Um, 
So, yeah, it, very interesting to see how it pans out. But um, the PSA have got a bit of a curveball to deal with now because of that. Because what you can't do now is have a situation where they've used this video angle, this slow-mo to expose once. They can't now ignore it and not use it. There needs to be consistency. This needs to be brought into play and available now going forward. Yeah, you can see the Ben. I mean, there's no use in looking back and, and, and saying, you know, why wasn't it available? Because it wasn't available. It should have been because uh, obviously it, it would have... You know, Saul would have lost that match. He would have would have been conduct, at least conduct point uh, yeah. there. Uh, yeah. But um, anyways, uh, yeah, that, that's, uh, let's see how all of this plays out. There's a ban, obviously, uh, in his future. Uh, yeah. No doubt about that. But, uh, you know, was, was there anything else uh, that we need to flesh out about the, uh, the World Open? Because, again, fantastic. A lot of intrigue. Two great winners. Uh, some great stories uh, throughout that event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, listen, uh, uh, fantastic. I mean, you've got, you, 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 we've talked enough about Nurel Sherbini, definitively now the greatest female player ever. Ali Farag now has legend status because he's joined the Legends Club. I mean, this is, he's joined the squash equivalent of Golf's Grand Slam Club, the one that Rory McElroy can't get into. Um, so, you know, because Rory McElroy, like Diego Elias, mentally, yeah. When it comes to Augusta, anyway, uh, you know, there's a problem. Um, so, you know, so Ali Farag now has stepped up. Uh, we need to start viewing him in a, in a different light. Um, and, and the guys behind him, well, I mean, if you if you look at the chasing pack now, uh, you've got a question mark over Asal in terms of when's the ban coming? I mean, that that's really the only question is when. Not well, if it, it cannot it cannot be if it should be harsh and swift in my opinion. Yeah. Well, let's hope it's a damn sweet, a damn sight quicker than it was for Egypt. I mean, with the Egyptian Open, it was it six months later he got the ban. Yeah, crazy. So there's questions marks over him. My, meanwhile, Diego, you know, there's question marks there. Uh, Paul Cole, I mean, there's question marks over all these guys. The, the, the one, and, and there's a question mark over Gawad in terms now of, of, of the injury and Shorbagi keeps battering away but has, has he just in terms of winning that major again and going number one again has he just gone over the hill you know it's a window it's a window and I think that's a legitimate question he's very close clearly he's very close mm -hmm. you know and he and he's a, a you know he's in tremendous shape compared with what he was this time last year, no doubt about that. And the hunger is there, all of that is there. But there's father time in play now, yeah. you know. Uh, and 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 there's the war wounds, there's the 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 grind of the battle, and he loves the battle. So, geez, and then you've got Ali, who's come back from a career threatening in injury, uh, and now. You know, geez, he's done what he's never been able to do before. Is it is it so, the best you've ever seen him play? Eh, well, I there was a there was a game in the World Championship final with a Shorbagi last year, and I, I discussed it with the with Jonah Barrington when I was helping with the production of his PSA column, and uh, we both agreed that that game was the single best game of squash that we'd seen. Ali Farag produce, and I'll be honest with you, I don't quite think he has hit that height again, mm. and that's got to be a worry for the rest of these guys. 
I, I, he he did say that he felt he was back to his best. I don't quite agree with him. Uh, I, I think his best came in that final. Uh, when when what was he was he a game and, and he was down uh, uh, heavily in the in the second. I might I might have got that wrong. It might be the other way around. But um, I'm sure he you know he he really turned it around and he he played squash from another planet. And what I will say is his movement has improved again. Yep. His front court coverage has gone up again all of a sudden. And the, the key thing for Ali is he's confident in his body. Mm. So, you know, if I'm the other guys, I don't think it'll be too long before Ali gets back to where he was in that final with with uh, with Muhammad. And, jeez, uh, he's now the man to beat again, you know. And, and you can look at these rankings and say, quite frankly, my darling, they don't mean a damn. <laughs> and that's got to be the worst Clark Gable impersonation you've ever heard in your life. Oh, that was fantastic. And on that note, uh, <laughs> uh, your time today. I'm looking forward to, you know, all the stuff you have coming up. Hopefully uh, Mezzin gets back to you. That would be fantastic. Uh, yep, yep. Ali, the interview with him in the aftermath of the win and yep. uh, everything you, you got going on at Squash. May I keep up the great work and uh, look Thank forward you, to doing this Be again soon, sir. Yeah, before you go, Jerry. No. Oh. Send me that link through quickly because I'll tell you who's getting that link via social media. Mason Hesham and Joel Macon will both be getting a copy of this interview as quickly as possible. We'll be. Do <laughs> I'll do that. Absolutely. I'm going to push this out as quickly as possible. Thank you very much. You're a consummate professional, sir. And that's it, Ep 271 in the books, the World Open Breakdown with RJ Mitchell. Many thanks for his time. He's fantastic at what he does. Check out uh, Squash Mad. He's got a lot of great stuff coming up. Uh, that Mezzan uh, Hisham, hopefully that comes through. Uh, plenty of uh, great material, great reading there on the World Open and everything leading up and in the aftermath of it. So uh, check that out on Squash Mad. Uh, now, apologies for the brevity of the uh, intro and the conclusion uh, of this uh, pod but uh, the uh, uh, this weekend is a moving day for me so I've got to keep things short and sweet and uh, got to keep things tight so I can uh, pay attention to that uh, but uh, we've got some good apps coming up especially this week we've got the great Rob Dinnerman returning can't wait to have him back on and uh, also the fellas from uh, Cross Court Analytics are going to come on and share with us some interesting stuff that they came up with uh, in terms of the World Open so stay tuned for that take care everybody all the best with your squash and we'll be talking to you very very soon from uh, the new studio looking forward to that and looking forward to this week goodbye now